television land. All right, here's the deal. If bachelorette number one isn't out here in half a tick, I'm gonna ice bachelorette number two. Who's the first AD? You punch him in the face. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Fast Day with Films. Hello. <laughs> Tropic Thunder. Yeah, you can't talk about the whole entirety of that movie yeah, without... it's like half the movie. But here's... About. Can I tell a, a safe for the for the airway sure. anecdote? Uh, we were, went to see it in the theater, you and I. Did we? Yes. Yeah, that was probably one of the last com- good comedies yeah. in the theater, too. And... Uh, if you went and saw it in the theater, the commercials that they splice in, right. they I run remember. them in the beginning yeah. without telling you anything. They just bring a commercial up. Yeah. And the Busta Nut commercial <laughs> came up and people were yelling. They're like, what the fuck? Yeah, what the hell is, is this? this shit? <laughs> it was, I totally it was bootylicious yeah. and it was like, it was way over the top. <laughs> I love it. It still wasn't as good as the as the Robert Downey Jr. Remember the Forbidden Love with oh, him yeah, and the, Toby the Keith? Movie? Yeah, 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 like yeah. holding each other's rosary chains. <laughs> and Jack Black's doing the one where he's the, 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 oh, the fart family. Yeah, the fatties and everything. I haven't seen that movie in so long. It's funny uh, as hell. Anyways, uh, we, we also were lucky enough to see... Um, the Grindhouse movies. Oh yeah, in the theater when they actually had the intermission uh-huh. and everything. That was a that's an experience that not many people got to experience. It was good. It Did went they fast. make all the movies they had fake trailers to? Because uh, they made Machete and they made Hobo with a Shotgun. Uh, they're just announced this month. That, no, this last month in January, it's February first now. Just early a few weeks ago, they announced that Eli Roth is going to do that Thanksgiving one. <laughs> you knew so they were going to. The I only mean, one I think they're missing is the Werewolves of the SS, which is arguably the most exciting one in my opinion. That one's probably greenlit for big budget. I got that figure while I was up north, the, uh, the the Nazi werewolf with the machine gun. There's a couple really cool old school movies, independent, yeah. 20 plus years ago, of uh, Nazi zombies oh, yeah, fighting yeah, yeah. in the snow. It's yeah, like what's red it? and white. There's one called uh, like uh, Hildebrand. I think it was even German in German. Yeah, yeah. I have seen a bunch it of It was those. great, though. Some of those foreign horror movies are great. Hey, and that leads me real well right into the movie Nook oh, right here right. because there's a couple movies I've been watching a bunch the last couple weeks because I'm trying to get through that stack of like 300 that I pulled out of my... Uh, my boxes that I had never seen before but should have seen. Uh, and I was reminded by a couple of them on last week's pod. Uh, I went and watched uh, The Mexican for the first time. Had never well, seen it. You never There's, saw it? No, with Brad Pitt and James Gandolfini. you were always the one that said it was really no, campy. I had never seen it. Okay. No, I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was it was one of the better J- Gandolfini But I've roles. said I've liked it before, and yeah. people have been like, eh. Justin and you like it. That's why I remember talking to you both about it when we all three were doing it together and you guys raved about it. And I was like, I need to own it. So I, I knew enough to own it. And then I just hadn't watched it until last week. I loved it. I thought it was great. That made my very good list. There was two that made my uh, uh, that made my fantastic list. One of them was from 2022 that didn't make my top uh, 10 list just because I hadn't seen it yet. And it totally would. I wouldn't mention probably what it bump, would bump, but it would have been pretty high on my list. And it was that Elvis movie. Holy, okay. holy crap, it was good. Was it? Holy crap, it was good. You know, I was skeptical about it. Baz Lyman, eh. I, I think we finally found what he does well. He should be doing all the biographies Bios. for... for He likes music and he likes movies. Why isn't he doing, like, all the bio yeah, what, uh, what other one? Did he, he do did a music Moulin one Rouge, before? And he, he, yeah, yeah. And he did uh, the Romeo and Juliet, which the... the 
DiCaprio one like where he busted into like uh, hip hop and stuff. It yeah. was weird. I, that's why I always find his stuff a little odd. But now I think he finally found what it was. And it really should have been named The Colonel because it was more about uh, Tom Hanks's Colonel Parker screwing Elvis. He was a villainous motherfucker was he? in this movie. Really? I Tom mean, Hanks plays a villain? Oh, crazy. Is there another? You, you wanted him to like punch Colonel Parker in the face and just leave you him? You know what movie? I don't even know if we talk much about it that I watched recently was that Road to Perdition. Oh, you rewatched it? Nice. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a while. I love that movie. It's great. It's good. It's one of the better. It's really good. Well, it's Sam Mendes, which is great anyways, but it's one of Tom Hanks's like last really, really, not that he's bad anymore. He just does kind of some quirky shit. Like I don't want to see him play Geppetto or like some of these weird roles he's doing. But I was impressed with the Colonel Parker for sure. The makeup was great. He looked like just, you could see Tom Hanks. Obviously, he's one of the most recognizable people in there, but it, it looked good. And the kid sang all his own music. And at first, I wasn't didn't think he really looked like it, but man, his voice. Did you hear he, he's having real problems losing the accent? He's, he's come out and says, he says, I can't lose it. He used it at the Golden Globes, and people are like, why is he talking like Elvis still? <laughs> because he, I mean, if you dive deep into that. Yeah, shit. and apparently he, he really did, so... Uh, he he's definitely I could understand why he won the Golden Globe after watching it, so it was really good. The yeah, other one I watched up in the Oscars. Uh, he's up for the Oscar, but I think Brandon Fraser is gonna win the Oscar for it. They weren't gonna he, give it. He's not gonna go though, is he? No, he he wouldn't go to the Golden Globe because because of, because of TV. Uh, the, no, that was the uh, the people that directly molested him okay. were high part ups of the in the hard part of the Golden Globe. So he'll go to the Oscars. So I'll take your statue, not yours. Uh, the other one I watched is one of Eric's favorite films. Like <laughs> that would be a good way. He's going to win. But you know he's going to win because that's a good way the Oscars like sticking the middle finger oh, to yeah, the Golden yeah. Globe. Oh, for sure. I mean, they're obviously, and post-slap, they have a lot to prove. I don't think either of those two guys are going to come back up to give an award. Like people thought, oh, they'll go up here together hand in hand. Who? And, uh, Chris Rock? Chris Rock and Will, oh, Will Smith. I said, no, and everyone hates him there. Um, if I, not Chris Clark, but the other guy. I'm done with Will Smith. For yeah, no, and, it, and I didn't really need this to happen. To be done with him. But <laughs> I, was, I was already teetering on the yeah. edge, and this was the kick that I needed. It, it, and it like wasn't really a, even a hard decision. Yeah, it was an easy. <laughs> I kind of jumped right right before it happened. I, the, the movie <laughs> I could go back and watch every once in a while would be Concussion. Yeah, and there's probably a couple more, but not many. It's nothing else. No, that's uh, it. That's so it. another movie I and. That I made my fantastic list. Only four have made my list so far uh, this year, which, I mean, year hasn't been uh, too far in. But uh, only in, uh, I watched a bunch of movies. I mean, I watched 25 or something. Is The House That Drip Blood. It's a famous hammer horror films that I didn't, I had never watched, but Eric is a huge fan. And it's a... Um, what is it called again? The House That Drip Blood. But it was like Creep Show. They were yeah. like four different vignettes yeah. all surrounding this house. Sounds really familiar. One, one was with Peter Cushing. One was with Vincent Price. Uh, one with, with Christopher Lee. One was with uh, the guy from... Uh, uh, the guy from Indiana Jones. He's, Which one? He'll speak a hundred different languages. Oh, he'll blend in. You'll Jonathan never find him again. Ross. Jonathan. Something. No, that's the other guy. That's the. Uh, oh, that's the Middle Eastern guy. Okay, the the drunk guy from <laughs> yeah, Noises, from noises Off. <laughs> he was in one of them. It was it was fantastic. I loved it. Uh, and a cu- couple of the other ones that made my very good list. I just go through them. I don't need to talk much about them. Uh, I had never seen DC Cap. I thought I see DC Cap. And I rewatched That's it. the one thing I bet Zach wish he had back. Yeah, he had an poster. original DC cab yeah. poster. I remember when yeah. I first came to his house. It literally was like in the foyer of this nice house. Yep, it was nice. I loved it. But the poster was just. We went over there to play poker or something like that, we... and I remember wa- uh, wa- looking at that and his his two American bulldogs. And, yeah, uh, yeah, he had he had a good place right there. Uh, 
But I, I so I watched DC Cab. I didn't realize Max Gale was like the main lead in it. The guy from uh, Barney Miller, mm-hmm. like the, kind of the main guy from Barney yeah. Miller. Uh, I watched Sugarland Express with it was like an early right before Jaws. Spielberg did Sugarland Express, so okay. after Duel and before Jaws, and it was Goldie Hawn and of all people William Atherton, you know Pecker from uh, Ghostbusters, oh, yeah. and they were a married couple, and she went to visit him in prison, and she helped him bust out of prison, and then it became like the chase movie. Bonnie and Clyde. Yep. Well, they were on him the whole time. It was the cops are behind him, but they took a another cop hostage. So they have the cop driving his own squad car and they're in it. And the cop kind of becomes friends with them and everything. It's it's kind of an interesting one. Then I watched The Laughing Policeman with Walter Matthau from 1973. Awesome cop movie with him and his, uh, Walter Matthau and uh, Bruce Dern were uh, cops trying to figure out uh, who, some guy at the beginning went on a bus and with like a machine gun slaughtered everyone on the bus. And it was all a mystery who did it. It was cool. Uh, then I watched a couple decent kind of uh, other movies that made my decent This is all list. in the week? Since the last pod. Okay, <laughs> two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Uh, Small Soldiers, had never seen that. The Joe Dante movie with the, the army men coming to life. I know they had made video games of it, but uh, Kirsten Dunst was in it and her brother, and uh, they had to take on small soldiers it was interesting it was cute uh messenger of death was a pretty decent charles bronson kind of canon film and then i watched vfw now this was an interesting movie <laughs> it almost made my very good list the weird out one no vfw that's uh about the, oh, uh, the veterans of foreign war thing and it uh so it's 2019 and this is the cast that's in it it's a bunch of old supposed to be ex-military veterans probably one of the most brilliant casts you've ever heard it just takes and, place at a vfw and it's a it's in the near future where there's a drug very similar to the robocop 2 drug that makes people almost not zombies but almost out of their mind where they're just going to kill people and everyone's doing it and apparently it got really bad and all these places are taken over and they're just stuck in the vfw and are like protecting the vfw and the people inside so it's stephen lang is the main guy it's his bar he's the bartender martin cove who's uh the sensei from karate kid Mm -hmm. the evil sensei uh fred williamson who's the big black guy from uh from the old 70s movies he was in From Dust Till Dawn the big black guy in From Dust Till Dawn hmm. uh, it's got the little guy who was played Luther in, uh, was he in that that counterfeit to live and die in LA was he Ooh. big muscular dude he is what but I don't know if he was in that or not uh, it he also was buying has, the uh, bills off of uh, William yeah I'll have to figure out who that was if it's him or not Fred Williams though he's good he's been in a lot of horror movies uh, David Patrick Kelly was one of them who was uh, the little guy who played Luther in 48 Hours he was also in Twin Peaks remember him and his brother were doing that Civil War reenactment oh, he was yeah, the small yeah, one yeah. guy he's in everything he was in the Warriors uh, so he plays <laughs> one of the guys and I swear there's one more in there oh George Went Norm's at Norm's? the bar just sitting in the same spot like he would if he was Norm and then there's I think there's one more and they're just these old dudes fighting these like people that are coming in and everything it's really fucking fun it's a comedy I'm assuming. It was a, well it was a campy action horror comedy yeah it was good I liked it but that's a good lead in because today campy action horror campy action <laughs> sci-fi horror this falls in this this was one of the first PG-13 movies that not only had come out that we had seen like technically the first one is Red Dawn, but uh, then right after it's technically it's Indian Jones in the uh, in the Temple of Doom because that came out I think 
on in like May of 24, and then I think in August, Red Dawn came out, and then in November, Night of the Comet came out. And But as far as we, we knew... We didn't see it in the We theater. didn't see it. So we saw it on video, on... Uh, uh, on, no, on HBO. We yeah. saw them on HBO. All those movies. I remember uh, having to ask mom if I could watch Red Dawn at Eric's house and she said no and then I, I watched it anyway. We, we started watching I felt guilty and left. Really? <laughs> I felt really guilty wow. about watching it. Uh, don't you wish you could go back to visit yourself in time and yeah, be like, like don't, God, don't worry about, about it. it. <laughs> uh, but, well, Night of the Comet was another one and there was almost no reason for it. There was, I do remember it was shocking that at one point where those guys infiltrate uh, the the loud mouth kind of uh, zombie s guy uh, infiltrates the um, the radio station. He says the f word. He says fuck. And, oh, yeah, yeah. and I remember like oh, that was such major. a great scene. This I forgot major. about that scene. Yeah. To be honest with you. So this was a big movie. I don't even classify as a zombie movie. To be honest with no. you. No. So let's. I I think we should let's give a tiny synopsis and then I'll go into the cast, the crew, and some trivia and everything. So neither comment. Like we said, it's a great kind of cult film. It's getting like a huge cult following over the years, but it kind of almost felt like a cult film when we were watching it back in the day. We were like, this is something different and weird and just enjoyable kind of that captures the 80s in almost the most perfect way. The Just the way the girls are, the way the guys are, the music, everything. And so what happens is they're celebrating a comet coming over, uh, passing by, and yeah. then what happens is it basically incinerates or um, dematerialize. They use like, uh, that's one of my trivias though, they, they use brick dust. So everyone turns into brick dust that's looking at it and the only way the pe- certain people, certain people live through it but it's the people that are inside and they have to be encased in like steel or something like that. I think the the one line they gave it to it in the movie that that's how we survived because we were encased in the... But there were people that had an antigen or an antibody yeah. like the two girls, the two protagonists mm-hmm. because the the scientists, they were devolving. Yeah. So that's basically what it is. It's you're dealing with survivors, you're dealing with scientists, and you're dealing with certain, like, zombies, I'll say, just because it's not, not really other word for it, because they are kind of somewhat dead, but they're decomposing, and, uh, yeah, that's pretty... They're they, not they unaware, though. They're, they're not unaware. They're very so aware. Is, so it is kind of a different thing, but... Like, zombies just kind of bounce around, like... These are advanced zombies. Okay. So when when we're talking about the cast, I mean, it was a pretty kind of low-budget cast. You were like, they're going to save money with this cast for sure. Of course. Because they used... The the two major uh, veteran actors in this movie were ones that were just Roger Corman uh, people, and that would be Jeffrey Lewis and uh, Mary Warnoff. Mary Warnoff and Jeffrey Lewis have been in like 300 movies each. She was in House of the Devil recently. Uh, House of the Devil, but she was in uh, Death Race Race 3000, Eating Raw Wool. She She, was so much... She's great. I love her. She had a very interesting face, like yeah. very harsh features, almost like the. She was cute when she was younger. But who was the she... one from Back to School? The teacher that played the. Oh li- yeah, yeah, yeah. Teacher. That's a good example. I put of them in the same kind of like. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Actresses. They have very strong features, and when she got one's older, sweeter than the other. <laughs> it worked for her in roles when she got older, like Night of the Devil. She played that creepy old lady that was just didn't even have to say a word, and she was creepy. And then Jeffrey Lewis is Juliet Lewis's dad. He was if you've watched enough uh, Clint Eastwood movies, you've probably seen yeah. Jeffrey Lewis he, in ten. He of was them. a cowboy. He was in uh, the cowboy movies. I, I love him. Before oh, yeah. he even no like, High Plains Drifter. Gun is High Plains Drifter is one of my favorite movies that he was in. He plays. He has that characters. really like slow draw yeah. that almost sounds like he's drunk, but he's probably Way not. of the Gun, Pink Cadillac. I mean, he's been in so many movies man look up jeffrey lewis's face if you listen to this you want to know who he is because you'll know him immediately uh 
but the main girls in the cast, and they went on to do a few things. Uh, Catherine Mary Stewart was the main, main girl in this, and she played Regina. She now, embodied 80s girl right there. For years, until I made this list, I did not realize that she was the girl in Nighthawks that he was flirting with at the beginning of okay. the, of the in movie. In the bar? In, no, at the uh, the perfume counter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you'd be more interested yeah, in this, sir. He and left then, the package and, and he blew left her up. And blew her up. I couldn't believe that's her. I was like, holy shit, that's her. I knew it immediately when it said Nighthawks. I was like, who's she in Nighthawks? I was like, oh my God, it's the girl who works at the retail store. Uh, Last Starfighter was a big one yeah, for her. Yeah, that, that that's was where a, I remember. And I love St- Last Starfighter. We should do that one of these days for this. Uh, she was in Mischief, which was one of those covers that always made it look really racy. Remember, it was the... Mm-hmm. the it Girl. was the sports car, and coming out of the sports car, it was Kelly Preston mm-hmm. and a guy, and I think he had his her panties in his hand or something. It looks like they had just got caught, like, fucking in the car or something yeah. like that. The cover, the VHS cover alone was worth it. You had to have good cover game back in the day uh, yeah. to get rented. Uh, and then she went on to do Weekend of Bernie's, which was a huge one for her. She was the uh, one that was dating Jonathan Silverman uh, in that uh, Kind of didn't realize Bernie was dead through the whole thing. So, and then she went on to uh, soaps. She was in like 150 episodes of Days of Our Lives. You wouldn't believe how many big stars are on there now. We like watched the news, and if you you keep the news on after like uh, after one o'clock, uh, I think yeah. General Hospital will come on the on news our is TV. Over? <laughs> yeah, General hmm. Hospital will come on, and you recognize like every actor on it. Really? Like they're all character actors, older ones, and everything, but you recognize Great geeks, all of though. them. Uh, yeah. Well, the that's, industry's shifting. I mean, it, it's the, still the same crappy dialogue. They don't want to change it because it's all for like. Like the 70 or 80 year olds are still but watching it. Those people are dying out. Yep. Uh, so the young blonde girl who I always thought was adorable as yeah, in this course. movie. She was, she was, she was sassy. The, she was sassy. She was funny. She was the girl that everyone was rooting for in this other, in this movie. And this was Kelly uh, Marooney. And so she played Samantha, the sister of the Catherine, uh, uh, Mary Stewart's character. So Kelly Maroney, she didn't do a whole lot. She did some minor stuff that people had seen. Uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, I think she was just like a cheerleader in that. Uh, Chopping Mall was one of her big roles. So she she was one of the main Miss girls Noah. at the mall with Chopping. Oh, you never saw Chopping Mall? Uh, that I can remember. It was like a... Uh, these kids snuck into the mall to party, but it was like the near distant future and the security force in the mall were robots. Oh, nice. And during I've when they were it. in there, they yeah, malfunctioned yeah. and like like lasers would come out and blow people's heads off. Yeah, it was, it was bloody. Uh, she was in Big Bad Mama 2, which I had just re- just watched for the first time, Big Bad Mama with uh, Angie Dickinson. It's basically her and her cute daughters just rob banks and shit. And Tom Skerritt's with them in the first one. I don't know what's going on in the second one. Uh, I have listed here. So I've listed here for uh, for Kelly Marooney. Fast Sounds of Richmond High, Chopping Mall, Big Bad Mama 2. And then I put dot, 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 a whole lot of crap. <laughs> so I, Maybe I, she's listening. Well, no, I wanted her to know that she's been working, but it's been a whole lot of crap. I mean, mm. that's fine. She, she got paid for that crap. So she's not She's she not fine. More, a lot more money. Now, Robert Beltran in this, uh, he's the, he the, plays uh, Hector. 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 Yeah. As I, like I recognize him. him from uh, uh, a bunch of movies. One of my favorite lines in the movie, especially after rewatching it, was the uh, uh, when the kids call him Uncle Hector. She's like, yeah, Uncle Hector, get in. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I might refer to him as Uncle Hector in this. So Uncle Hector is played by Robert Beltran. He was in Eating Raul. He played Raul. Do you remember Eating Raul? That was uh, Paul uh, Bartel, Amy Warnoff, and it was... It was campy as shit. I mean, this was a Roger Corman, like perfect Roger Corman, where they uh, they decided to kill people, and then uh, it was no boxing. They Helena. killed people. It was no boxing, Helena. No, no. I mean, this wasn't dark. They killed. It sounds dark. They killed people. They stole their money, and they gave them to Raul. And I think Raul uh, sold them to like uh, a meat company mm-hmm. or something. It was it was hilarious. Uh, 
So her and Amy Warnoff were in this, or heck, uh, Robert Beltran and Amy Warnoff were in this movie together. But he was one of the main badasses in Lone Wolf McQuaid, yeah. which was also one of the first PG-13 movies we had watched that was like early, early on. Uh, he was in Bugsy. He was in Nixon. I put on here because I, I assumed you would like, who did he play in Nixon? He played one of the Watergate burglars in, in Nixon. Okay. And then he went on to Star Trek Voyager in 168 yeah. episodes of Star Trek Voyager. I had never seen it, uh, Star Trek Voyager, but apparently he's like one of the main guys, if not the captain that's a good in that show. So that's a definitely good gig. Uh, I mentioned Mary, Mary Warnoff and Jeffrey Lewis. Uh, Ivan E. Roth played the weird guy. He was the guy that at the radio thing yeah. that with the loud voice and the sunglasses. Now, he had done... He, he looks like he does a lot of creature. He played it like the Joker. Yeah. And he played it like if the Joker was doing well, that scene. I think this was one of his only movies where he was playing himself, basically. He still had some makeup on. But most of the time, I think he plays zombies or creatures or something like that. Because uh, when I looked up his stuff, he was in Night of the Creeps. He was in Dead Heat. That was that Piscopo. Oh, uh, Treat Williams movie. I love it. Uh, he was in Ricochet. So no, that he probably played himself in Ricochet. But in uh, played in one of my favorite Tales crypt episode he played the mummy in the creep course okay. do you remember that mm-hmm. one where it was the the nerdy girl from license the drive and uh uh what's his name ed rooney from uh fast time not fast times uh ferris, ferris bueller's day off and she had to bring a mummy back to life and she brought him back to life and could command the mummy to kill whoever she wanted i think uh what's his name uh anthony michael hall might have been in that one too it was cool though uh, and uh, Michael Bowen had a very small role in this as the boyfriend that died oh, yeah. as the projectionist and he's been in stuff for he years he got laid right before he died uh, yes <laughs> uh, so he played Larry Dupree in this what? movie and look at his and you'll know most of the movies he's in he's kind of become a favorite for Quentin he was I play I'm here my name is Buck, and I'm here to Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But he was in Iron Eagle. He was in Less Than Zero. He was in Godfather 3, Beverly Hills Cop 3, Magnolia. He was the one that was really mean to the kid who was on the spelling bee. Mm-hmm. Remember, he played the dad of the kid. Yeah. Uh, go to sleep. Go to your room. <laughs> he was an asshole in that. Jackie Brown, remember, he was the oh, partner yeah, he was for the, Michael Keaton's yeah, partner. Uh, and he was in Kill Bill, and he was in Django Unchained. <laughs> his Kill Bill one's probably one he wish you had. Oh know. yeah, yeah. That's like uh, I'm just happy to be here, Quentin. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Quentin. Yeah, thanks, Quentin. Don't worry, I'll give you something else. And he gave him Django, and he's like, "Oh, you could be a slave owner now." Fuck, Quentin. What the hell are you doing to me? <laughs> you should see what I got involved for you next week. <laughs> oh, it's the best. Was he in um, the latest one? I don't think so. No, it didn't list it. Uh, Sharon Farrell is the only other person I put on here because uh, she was somewhat famous. She played the mom that got disintegrated at the very beginning of the two daughters. She, she hit the fuck out of her daughter in this and apparently for, for really hit her. What? That scene at the beginning where she got smacked uh, when her daughter like back-talked or uh, back-mouthed her. So she was in It's Alive, which is one of my favorite campy horror movies with the uh, the alien baby coming out of the crib. It's great. Uh, Lone Wolf will create. So she was in Lone Wolf Equate also. But the one we remember her from is she was the mom from Camp I me love okay the one that got her yep. lawn mowed that, yep. that means nothing except what it means <laughs> <laughs> so for the crew on this it was a very small crew and these guys didn't do a whole hell of a lot like uh, this was written and directed by tom eberhardt which is famous for i i'd be surprised if anyone besides me has seen this fucking movie it's called the night before and i absolutely loved it it's one of keanu reeves's smallest movies keanu reeves goes out what's the girl that was involved in uncle becky or aunt becky she was involved in that university scandal the one from full house oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so her and keanu reeves go out on a date and he gets wasted at the bar and loses her in a uh, like a poker game and he has to spend the rest of the movie 
uh, trying to find her. It sounds familiar. And it was called The Night Before, and it was it was a fun movie. But they, I only saw it like once on HBO, like at three in the morning, and I was like, "This movie's awesome." I eventually bought it, but I had to get it like uh, from special the, made. No, I had to. Yeah, technically, yes, it was a <laughs> modified one. I don't think they can even find it anymore. Um, so he did that, but he did without a clue. Do you remember that? It mm-hmm. was a take on like uh, Watson and Sherlock Holmes, but it was Ben Kingsley and uh, Michael Caine. Didn't get very popular. I thought it was kind of funny. He was, he also did Gross Anatomy with Matthew Modine, and he did Captain Ron, which I always thought Captain Ron was kind of Captain funny. Captain Ron was fun. Uh, the cinematographer on this was Arthur Albert, who did cinematographer on some really good movies, some uh, some obscure gems, really. The Principal, great movie with mm-hmm. Lugosic Jr. and uh, and Bellucci. Uh, Heart Condition, remember that one? That was with uh, with the comedian was with uh, no it was Denzel Washington oh, no. and uh what's our guy from uh who framed Roger at Bob Hoskins Bob Hoskins dies no no Denzel Washington dies but Bob Hoskins can see him still so he follows him around oh. so he's like through it the whole thing he's trying to help him solve his murder i think uh passed away love passed away that's just like death at a funeral but it's with uh, a lot of famous people Nancy Travis and a bunch of them uh he Who's was the gay guy in that one um in Passed Away? Who played the gay guy in Passed Away? Because in the other one... Oh, yeah, they did have a, a gay character. Actually, I think it was uh, Tim Curry played a gay character in that. He was married to the... Uh, the one woman. that showed up because he was having an affair with the father that was dead. Oh, that's Death at Funeral. Yeah. The Passed Away is similar, Didn't, but Oh, I thought, I thought it would be like an American no, 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 British no. version. No, there is that. There is that. Oh, what's There's the other the one? The American version is the Chris Rock one. Yeah. And it was like the whole uh, Danny Death Glover or Danny Glover. It was Death at a Funeral. They both named the same thing. Passed Away was kind of like okay. Death at a Funeral before Death at a Funeral came out. Same concept. Uh, so this guy also was a cinematographer on Happy Gilmore, Beverly Hills Ninja, and Dirty Work. So he got into that Happy Madison kind of uh, thing, which he might still be doing stuff with them on Netflix. Uh, the composer, the only thing the composer I had uh, recognized on there, he did All the Right Moves and he did that Joy movie with um, Jennifer Lawrence. So the details, like I said, it came out November 16th, 1984, one of the first uh, PG-13 movies, along with Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. How much, do you have how much money? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, and it's crazy. So the filming location's all in Los Angeles, and what really helped this movie is because it was deserted. You know, they, this was one of those movies, very similar to 28 Days Later, that you could tell that they just filmed early in the fucking morning, yeah. where people, and they just held traffic, and they probably <laughs> made 20, people... 20 minutes. Yeah, but... 5.30 to 7 in the morning is probably prime shooting for this movie. So the budget on this movie, $700,000. 1984 crazy. is like insane. And it made $14.4 million. That's huge. Huge fucking kind of gross for something that made 700000 You would think they would have given him a night of the comic two for that type of thing, and they never did. Uh, all right, and the trivia. There's some interesting stuff on here. So the working title for the film was All You Teenage Mutant Combat, Combat Zombies. Yeah. That's so interesting. That's very long. It's very long. That doesn't, that <laughs> doesn't, doesn't work on a marquee. Yeah. <laughs> you got to write two marquees and put them next I'm to each other. I'm just putting Comet at Zombies. Comet yeah. Zombies on here. Uh, so Night of the Comet's interesting. Uh, so I guess we could call them zombies since they said it right well, in the working title. Well, I think they realized the reason they changed it is they realized yeah. they stay away from that but be the same. 84? 84, they were probably trying to kind of dig into it a little bit just because uh, the popularity was certainly I like there. the science angle of this. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that More. was the best part and of it. They sure. thought they could cure it. So. Yeah. so the scenes were filmed during the morning, like I said, in L.A., and shots at the empty city were done quickly while traffic was stopped. Uh, the movie theater featured in the film is the historic El Rey Theater. 
Uh, Mary Warnoff wrote most of her own dialogue for the for the scene at the radio station with Robert Beltran when he showed back uh, up. That's interesting. That was a good thing. That's when she like basically killed herself. Uh, asshole Josh. I actually had it written. Asshole Josh Wheaton. I must have added that myself. Asshole Josh Wheaton has cited the film as a big influence on his screenplay for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Interesting. That makes sense. I mean, it was very popular to a lot of kids back in the day. Heather Landenkamp auditioned for the role of Samantha. So of the Kelly Maroney line, the blonde girl, it could have been friggin' Heather Lattencamp, the main girl from uh, the brunette from Nightmare on Elm Street. That would have been, oh. that would have been a whole different movie. Yeah. I don't. She can't play funny. She can't I like play Heather Bubbly. Lattencamp. Yeah, she can't play bubbly. I I could see her as that main girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the main girl she would have been all right at. Uh, so the arcade game in the lobby of the uh, of the movie theater is Tempest by Atari. I thought that was interesting. Uh, <laughs> the only actress who could play the blonde girl would be the. Who's the actress from that zombie movie that ran around with her top off the whole movie? Oh yeah, she's she's super famous. She was Scream that. Queen. Yeah, Bubbly. she was that. Or even like Dottie could have done it from yeah. like uh, from Pee Wee's uh, Big Adventure. She had a huge crazy career. Uh, uh, what was I saying? The Waving Clown. And speaking of which, the Waving Clown in the first Desolation shot is mm-hmm. the same one from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Nice. That was waving at him when his bike got stolen. <laughs> Love it. That is one of the most. Uh, that is probably one of the biggest movies that I revisit the most is Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I end up watching it like once a year. Really? It's very strange. <laughs> I love it. I love it more and more every time I watch it. Uh, so uh, Ivan <laughs> E. Roth. Get, does it keep getting funnier? Every time I see it. <laughs> so <laughs> Ivan E. Roth, he's the weird guy who who played the guy that kind of kidnapped him in the uh, at the radio station. Apparently he pulled out a prop gun during his audition. Uh, and yeah. they freaked the fuck out? Uh, I would assume so. I just put it on here because I wanted to <clears> say <throat> how... He got hired. That he got hired, and you tried that today, they would have wrestled you to the ground, oh, yeah. and you would never have auditioned again I don't know. in Hollywood. It would have gotten around. Maybe people do it, though. Do we know that they don't do it? I don't know. In man. that community? Maybe if you told people, hey, I, I got a prop gun. Hey, is it all right if I have a prop? But you would think if guy's coming, all right, he's the prop guy. Cause we, I would think after the, the Alec Baldwin thing, that prop oh, guns yeah, are no. not even going to happen anymore, anywhere. And like I said, brisk. You don't even need prop guns to fire anymore. No. No. Use resin guns like we used yeah. and just add all that shit yeah. later. Like there yeah. is, this is a wooden I can do gun that with the equipment out there now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Everyone's, <laughs> and resin guns look good on camera. Like the stuff that our editor was doing for us. Yeah. Is he was state of the art at the time? Yeah, yeah. All that stuff, you and I could do that. Yeah, yeah. Just by programming, it's crazy. It is true. And the last bit of trivia was the brisk brick dust was used to represent dead people in it, so it was great. So let's go through a little bit and talk about some of our favorite stuff. So it starts off really, like I said, this is so eighties. You watch like Stranger Things, and you really kind of feel this movie in there. Especially, I only ever saw the first three episodes. Oh, it's great. It's a great show, but it really captures the 80s really well, especially for kids who were like 12 and 13. Jackets, lots of corduroys. Oh, it's just everything. They 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 went into the prop closet on this, on this shit. Do they have huffies? Everything. Everything. They they nailed that part of it. That's the easy part. It's a yeah. costume design, production design. It's like a gift to them. It isn't them. an 80s movie unless you have a sit-down centipede video game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, up north for it, at least. Yeah. But they had the opening scene is in the theater, and they do it well. They're... They kind of bouncing around between this girl who is just obsessed with video games and works at the movie theater, and everyone is so excited about the console or high score. Everyone has comet parties throwing that night. They keep bouncing back to her parents, and the blonde girl is with the parents, Uh, and that's where she gets smacked. Remember, the girl Mm -hmm. uh, calls home and says, "Hey, I'm not going to be home for the party," and the mom says, "Yes, you are. You get your ass home here." And then uh, the 
blonde girl wises off to her and gets uh, and she's just shit miserating in her room, right? In the basement or something? Uh, yes. She ends up going to the basement and behind closed doors and then sulking. Sulking. And the other girl stays at the uh, movie theater, ends up having sex with the guy in the projection room. And then basically the moment happens. They have a flash of light and we're immediately probably 10 minutes of the movie we're into that the desolation type era we see clothes that's laying such on the a great ground. way to get there quick too. yeah it the, they show clothes on Flash the ground and the brick dust. On the ground, brick dust that's all it is and we're seeing that everywhere and it takes people a while to figure out what the hell is actually going on well back then it wasn't you like that was unusual nowadays we guess Oh, you're talking viewer. I, I viewer, meant the characters. Viewer-wise, viewer for sure, too, because we weren't... That's what was interesting as kids. We were watching this. We're like, what's going on here? Oh, the it eliminated half of them and everything. And they didn't take long to get into the scientist point of view mm-hmm. of it, which was fun, too. And we realized, oh, there's obviously... This This is how anyone would kind of write this script. There's scientists that are uh, underground, and they know what's going on. We don't realize until later on. And we're going to be... Filled with spoils, we assume you're going to watch this movie before we talk about it. Uh, we realize later on that the scientists were actually exposed themselves, and what they're looking for is basically fresh, uh, living people that they could kind of steal blood from and keep them give alive. Give them transfusions. And give them transfusions and keep them alive, and maybe they won't become uh, what whatever these people are coming uh, becoming because, zombie frenzy like uh, people. Lewis's character, yeah, it deteriorates. Quickly. Yeah. And Mary Warnoff kills herself before it even happens. So these girls don't even realize how kind of uh, essential they are to Mm -hmm. kind of the movement. They're just realizing, oh, we just need to get kind of... uh, Well, yeah. Let me add something. The the head girl... Remember when they split them apart? Yeah. Because the head girl had the antibodies. Yeah. You had to have the antibodies. Yeah, they were going to kill the other girl. Warnoff was at... What's her name? Uh, Mary Warnoff. Warnoff. She she injected her, but like, remember she told Hector it was yeah. so it was just salt water. Yeah, so she wasn't gonna. But she her. shot the other scientist. Remember, the yeah, big dude, like right in the gut too. That's it terrible. was cool. So so right when it happened, the the girls are walking outside. the The projection guy walks outside and gets like murdered by a psychopath oh, yeah, in right. the alley, and and so he's gone. And not until these girls are being literally chased by people and do they realize what the hell is going on? And once they, and, and it takes even the blonde girl, he's like, where are the kids? Why aren't the kids playing? This is like Christmas time. It's like Christmas vacation. And, uh, and who knew this was a Christmas movie too? So they're filming in the cul-de-sac and she's screaming at her sister, look around, nothing's gone. And he says, you want to see mom? This is mom. And she holds up her like <laughs> white dress filled with brick dust and everything. And they end up hearing this message on a radio station. Come so to a certain location. Summon, or they don't even hear that. It's just... Uh, oh, they it's just, just a broadcast from a radio station. They're like, oh, and they don't realize it's a uh, it's a friggin' uh, tape being played. Mm-hmm. They they think people are alive, so they go there, and so they have this great stuff at the radio station there. Where well, they remember they shot the Uzis first. Yeah, and anybody in the eighties, I mean, literally, you throw an movie. Uzi scene with a with a hot girl standing yeah. there firing an Uzi. That was eighties. Oh, yeah. And this had a lot of good Uzi in, uh, scenes in, in the Mac 10 and all those. But what's great about it is they, um, they didn't have many locations. I mean, they have the, the house that they lived at. They yep. had the theater. They had the radio station. They, they had the, had the kind of silo inside. The mall. The mall and inside the silo kind of uh, area where the scientists were. Yep. That's basically it. That's yeah. how they can make a $700,000 movie, really, and get nobody's. And the mall wasn't even really a mall. It was just like a standalone. Yeah. Like it, a belt. 
Yeah, so did they go in, did they steal the weapons or did they, uh, yeah, they stole the weapons from the, like, the mall, right? I don't know where they got the weapons. I can't remember where so they got they the weapons. they did Dawn of the Dead, and I was like, what, who's, who's selling weapons at the mall? I guess back then they did. They sold, they had, Until like, the first mall school, mall <laughs> shooting. Yeah, and, I know. So, uh, yeah, they end up getting, like, attacked by a group of, like, they had changed, but they were, like, smart. You know, like you said, they're not out of their mind, kind of. I mean, they're they're dying zombies. slowly, so they're, he was just It's different being, stages of it and everything. I can't allow you to cape one of my men. <laughs> it was just this, he was so interesting in this. So this is, we're but he played like the, the Joker. Yeah, like you said. So we're talking about the one guy that ends up showing up with a small crew of people that are loyal to it's him. It's my favorite scene in the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. So he, well, let's talk about it. So he shows up. I mean, he shows up. And they're just the, they had they're the just trying on clothes and, and they're doing the like Cindy Lopper throwing sh- stuff over their shoulder. They had type a quick stuff. moment of that of like let's do fun stuff. Yeah. during the it didn't last long. Didn't last but long. He shows up and he's got like a band of dudes. Yeah, they all skinny. They all they almost look like I don't even know how you crackheads like skinny meth heads or something like yeah. that. They look pale. They're wearing sunglasses. But he was the alpha. He's ordering yeah. all these commands and. Oh, and this guy, you could tell he must have. He killed was the trying other. to kill him. He probably killed his audition because uh, this guy is. You put a. Uh, it's weird that he plays all these creatures because he uh, in this movie at least he was the one you. Wanna He's put, very animated. You want to put a microphone in so this guy's creatures hand. are good. Yeah, he seems like it. Yeah. He um he shoot he's trying to kill these two. Yeah. And then but having of, fun with it too. Yeah, but one of them his men gets captured. Yeah, he's talking over the intercom to him yeah. too, and he was like. She steps out, the Lee lady steps out and says, like, I got one of your guys. Yeah. You know, all we want to do is leave. And then he goes into his, like, I can't let you have one of my men. Yeah. And she's like, well, I got him. That's he's like, you didn't hear me. I can't let you have one of my men. And yeah. he, like, shoots the dude. Shoots his own And dude. the dude, like, realizes as he's dying, like, my boss just this sold me out. This is where the F-bomb was dropped. It, it, how major it was back then that yeah. we actually remember when they were Why would you F-bomb? keep it in if you were going to get any type of trouble? I don't, see, I don't see how this in any way would not have just got a PG rating without that in there. There was no nudity. The, the, she was changing. Remember the dream she had? She, she was, was in a bra, though. And yeah, she, yeah, she, she never they, got naked. But 84, you could still show boobs. Like, if someone had like they a Playboy on the wall. Yeah, that was real low budget, though. And that, and I don't, that kind of slipped by, I think. There was that was a, that was a weird, That was a weird one, though. I think there was two, and I think they... A hot uh, tub and a, yeah. and a changing room or something. <laughs> don't tell me. I know the time code. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been the lead-in. You should go back and cut that lead-in there. <laughs> oh, my God. No, uh... So, yeah, from there was just a fun one, man, because then that's where the scientists kind of show up and kind of rescue them and everything. And then you're like, oh, they're safe until they gradually realize, oh, the scientists are a bunch of assholes that we have to take out. And they had gotten separated from Hector. Remember, Hector was, we kind of went by Hector. So Hector was somebody that showed up at the radio station first when the when it was just the girls there. And they were convinced, hey, you're not going to rape our bodies or whatever. They said it was kind of funny. So, <laughs> no, no, no. He says, and he, he's a nice guy. He's, he's like, I'm trying to figure out what's going on i'm gonna drive down here we got to see him do a couple different things himself he got to steal that that sweet car he went into a house and uh did some kind of like i think he went back to his house and uh got stuff and everything and he ended up showing back up at a couple great times like when mm-hmm. they uh 
because when they get to the kind of silo or wherever it is the scientists are, they got a couple kids there too. Yeah, and the kids are funny too. <laughs> uh, and uh, they were gonna hook them up and suck their blood. Oh, out. and it was like the way they sold the it two. The two nurses the were two evil, nurses, man. They told them mm. we're gonna give you a shot, and you're gonna go to the North Pole and visit Santa Claus. <laughs> But they were really like getting ready to put the laughing gas on yeah. them, and, like, and they when the main girl busted in with the Uzi, mm-hmm. and they were like, "What the hell are you doing to these kids?" And the the kids speak up, "We're going to see Santa Claus," and the, the girl's like, "Oh, you guys are sick fucks!" <laughs> <laughs> and then it, they, I think they just shoot them right there. Don't no, they? they put the laughing gas on them. Remember? That's right, they put the laughing gas on them, and, and then when they come back later, they're just useless. They, <laughs> <laughs> so they have these kids with them now, and, mm. which kind of works into the whole. And they were sarcastic. Of, no, the kids were great, and uh, that's when they. When they bust out finally outside, and the Hector pulls up in the, uh, and I think he says, she says, "Beat feet, Hector, Uncle Hector." We <laughs> <laughs> just step on it, and they have these kids, and I, it was one of my favorite endings for a long time. Other than the last, for some reason, this was a movie where the plot never kind of stuck with me. All the times I watched it as a kid, and then when I was an adult, when I sat down yeah. and watched it, and I'm like, "Oh, I know exactly what it is." But the scene that always. I always remembered as a kid was the beginning part where the where the comet hit. I remembered um, the the f bomb when they were at the radio station, and I remember the ending. And the ending was always really great when it was just the main girl and Hector were kind of making it as and they uh, as a couple. Adopted these two kids. And they adopted these two like, kids. You gotta look both ways. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're going across the street, yeah. and the blonde girl's like. There's no one else here. And she walks in the middle of the street, and all of a sudden, they, this like Trans Am comes yeah, flying yeah, by. Yeah, and does a fishtail, big yep. whip fishtail. And pulls right? back, and uh, the guy says, Oh, it's sounding just like the little blonde kind of uh, ditzy yeah. girl. Uh-huh. Sounds just like, you can tell even when he opens his mouth, these guys are going to get together. <laughs> and he says, Oh, man, I'm so sorry. You should have stopped. You, sh- you shouldn't cross before the light. <laughs> Uh, he says, "Where are you going?" And everything, and they, you can tell that she's going to hook up with him. She gets in the car, and they take off. And uh, the other girl's very motherly. Like, hey, we don't even know where you get. You're going to get back by eleven. Like, it was a fun. I would have loved to have seen where this world had gone. And that's what amazes me with something that's seven hundred thousand dollars, and they make fourteen million, and you don't give them a sequel. I mean, something was weird. I don't know why they. Maybe they didn't press it. With the the writers and director, or the crew didn't want to come. Uh, these girls didn't want to Maybe come back. It was a painless movie to film. Back then, it was one of those things, though. I think, I mean, you can use that kind of clout just to get your next picture made, but mm-hmm. it wasn't. Your first thought wasn't, "We need a sequel to everything." Because today, we need a sequel to everything. It seems like a, they wrapped it up nicely. Like, yeah, it did. It it was perfect, and I'm I'm not complaining because one of these days they will remake it. Uh, but it, it won't be the same because, like I said, this captures the 80s. If you, if you pick five movies that completely capture the 80s, I would put this on the list. Mm-hmm. I think Ferris Bueller's Day Off Goonies. would have to go on the list. Goonies would go on the e. list. T maybe. Mentions and Babysitting might yeah, maybe be on need the 10 list. Maybe. Yeah, you might need 10. But there, there is a good thing. If there was like a young, budding kind of film fanatic that came to me and said, Big. Hey, uh, would- yeah, Big's a good one. Movies that just capture the fun of the eighties and the this sounds co- like a color topic. of the eighties. This sounds like a three parter. <laughs> Is that what's gonna happen? Why not? Maybe after movies the two that week. encapsulate the eighties. I mean, uh, and ones that capture Star the nineties, the seventies. I mean, are you talking about the feel of the eighties or the movie just define the eighties? Because Star Wars to me, well, was, well, that was that was mine was Return of the Jedi. It wasn't even original Star Wars. I wouldn't even. I'm I'm more looking at it as in the fashion, the, yeah. the music, yeah. the like Jaws the captures style. the seventies. Yeah, 
that captures a seventies. I could do a seventies one easily. We could do a nineties one because it all it all comes down. What's to What's the one was? I'm walking here. Oh yeah, Midnight Cowboy. Dude. Well, because of the music on that one too. It, to me, those two those category type episodes would all come down to music and fashion. Mm-hmm. Because those, music and fashion. Yeah, that's exactly what you see in all those decades: the music and the fashion. Nineties. We're watching uh, two uh, two things. I'll say about two shows that are on TV right now. We're watching. Uh, we watched the first two episodes of the new Night Court, and it's complete and utter garbage. Oh, I imagine it's horrible. Well, I had high hopes, you know. Dan, I had no hope. Dan Lair, uh, or John Larroquette Lair- came back, and it was just was, they could have done it well. They didn't do it well. Uh, now, on the reverse of that, that '90s show is amazing. It's really funny. If you were a fan of that '70s who is, show, who plays? Uh, they're all back, but it's mainly about the grandkids. Uh, but and Red and uh, Kitty are back. Every actor looks phenomenal from the old show. Every single one they show, except the one dude. Uh, in the first episode, we got to see the one dude. That's oh yeah, up well for he's in prison. Charges. Yeah, he's not back in the show. Did he get convicted? Oh yeah, he's bad. He's like he five women are against him, and it was a it was it was bad. It was bad. Yeah, I always thought he was. I don't think the trial's over. No, I think it's still going on, but okay. I think he was convicted. Not convicted, but. Uh, I think he's indicted. Like, I think it's ongoing. Yeah, the the indictment. But they could find no him. one's, t- no, they no one's touching him. this he's guy ever the, again. He, this was the, brutal rape. This guy hold, held me. No, and he, it was covered up by the the church. Scientologists. There one bankroll in his lawyer. Yep. It's bad. Yeah, he Google it, kids, <laughs> because it's 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 a story yeah. you can read about. For yeah, sure. but everyone else, like in the first episode, you got to see like uh, what's his name, Topher Grace and Laurie Prepon and. Uh, Kelso Kelso and Jackie look exactly the fucking same everyone looks exactly the same I was like I can't believe everyone looks the same as they do Fez 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 I've seen him in a bunch of stuff since then but I've never I haven't seen him do the accent he's Mm -hmm. he's right back in it and it's the kids doing the same things in the basement smoking weed and doing all their (laughs) stuff but it's the 90s so you're seeing all the 90s you're hearing like salt and pepper playing in the background and you're seeing the fashion of the Jenko jeans and shit and everything (laughs) but and it's it's Red Foreman it's their kids though right well, the main cast kids. Yeah, but they're not in it. It's mainly Kitty. They stop in per every couple episodes and everything. Okay, but so every episode is Kitty and Red. It's basically the, the girl. The girl wants to spend the summer at Grandpa Red and Grandma Kitty's house because next door lives a girl that she hits it off with, and uh, we get to see her mom and everything. And Kelso's kids in the neighborhood, so we're actually seeing Kelso's kids with a part of the group. So it's fun. I loved it. It's perfectly done. If you like the uh, '70s, so you'll definitely like the '90s one. That's our mini TV one for the week. It was like turn, turn the knob off. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that's good for the night of the comet, man. Check it out. It's a fun movie. It's, it's, that's what it comes down to. It's fun. It's got cheesy things, but it's still a good movie. It's some of those cheesy movies. You're like, this is cheesy and unwatchable. Uh, like nine deaths of the ninja. I've mentioned the last (laughs) couple episodes. Ooh, it's bad. Uh, but this is good cheese. You're going to want this. If you're into the eighties stuff or going back and checking out all that stuff, this is the one you want to go to. We got some good ones coming up. I think me and Justin are going to do belly next, which is the DMX kind of crime movie that I've actually never seen but I've heard so many people tell me to watch it and it just came to Tubi and I was like I need to watch this movie everyone loves it they said it's one of the best of like the crime kind of hip hop movies with a lot of the uh, good actors Nas is in it and DMX and I watched the trailer and I was like yeah I'm all I'm all on board for this one uh, so we're gonna do that and then soon afterwards we got our anniversary episode we're gonna do it for episode 260 where we're gonna do a wild card and a trivia challenge uh, so that'll be exciting one me and Dave got another one coming up but we're gonna wait and see since 
And some of the movies on Tubi just like uh, leap super fast, man. Mm -hmm. So I want to don't set it too far ahead to which one we're going to do, but it's going to be a good one. Uh, But if you want to leave us a comment on uh, SoundCloud or iTunes, our two platforms, we'd appreciate it. Uh, You can definitely check out our Facebook page. We could see all the, uh, I've been posting kind of like four or five days ahead of time what the next movie will be. That way people have a chance to watch it. Uh, So I haven't done Fanatic the Comet yet, but this doesn't come out for another week. So I'll probably at the end of the week, I'll drop the photo for this. And uh, you could also shoot us an email, films at gmail.com, and we will definitely get back to you. So until next week, see you. Bye. Can I have my bunny? In a minute. Feed, feed, Uncle Hector. Uncle Hector.